Well, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the very first ever online Connect Church service. These online services are designed to help you stay connected both to God and to our church during this very crazy season known as the COVID-19 outbreak. Now, we have no idea how long we're going to be doing these online services, but while we're doing them, we're excited and looking forward to making the most out of this opportunity. I'm going to kick off our message today by showing you a few different tools tools that can produce incredible results in your life if you know how to use them. For example, I've got in my hand here one of those very fancy DSLR cameras. This thing is full of knobs and buttons and joysticks and all those sorts of things. It's designed, of course, to take incredible photos of all the wonderful vacations that you guys get to take. It's supposed to make your friends and family jealous because they're stuck at home changing diapers or they're trapped at work filling out TPS reports reports while you're traveling the globe and becoming insta-famous, right? Well, if you know how to use the camera, then sure, that might happen. But if you have no idea what all of these knobs and buttons and dials do, then you might end up thinking that the camera is a bit useless to you. In fact, I know a lot of people that have walked out to Best Buy, they've spent a good amount of money on one of these cameras, and then when they started taking photos with it, it didn't really produce the results that they thought it should, and so they set the camera on the shelf, and they kind of thought to themselves, well, I guess that tool is useless, at least to me. I've got a, another item here on the table. It's a frying pan from Ikea because, you know, only the best, right? And so uh, there are a lot of people that can take a frying pan like this and they can turn it into something wonderful. They can make mouth-watering dinners. They can wow their friends and family. They can satisfy hunger and appetite with delicious flavors. This can be an incredible tool if you know how to use it. If you're like me, however, you know, you're lucky if you can get something out of here without it getting scorched black right? So it's another one of those tools that if you know how to use it, then sure, you can produce some pretty incredible results. But how you feel about tools like this and what you get out of them, it really depends on two factors. The first one is how well you understand that particular item, and two, how much experience you have using it. How well you understand it, how much time you've spent with it. Can I tell you the same thing that's true of this camera and that frying pan is also true of the Bible as well. The Bible is an incredible tool that God has given us to hear from Him and to know what His will is both in our world at large and for each one of us individually. It is the primary way in which God speaks to us. However, most people have no clue how to read, understand, enjoy, or make sense out of the Bible at all. Most of us think this is a useless tool. This is week three of our series called Frequency. And in Frequency, what we're trying to do is to help you hear the voice of God speaking to you every single day. By the time we get done with our message this morning, what I hope is you will not only come to appreciate the Bible and what it offers to each and every one of us, but you'll feel confident and really passionate about reading it regularly so that you can hear the voice of God. 
Now, let me read you a passage here. I'm going to direct you actually to a a short section of the scripture. It's 2 Timothy chapter number 3. We're going to read verses 15 through 17. And in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3, it's written by a man named Paul. He's often called the Apostle Paul because he was one of the earliest church missionaries. And so he went all around the Mediterranean Rim. He started new congregations. He found somebody within the church who showed a lot of potential and promise, and he taught them, mentored them and eventually installed them as the pastor of that local congregation before Paul went on to to start a new church. Now, in one particular city, he found a young man named Timothy, and Timothy showed a lot of promise. And so um, Paul made him the pastor of this local church. And after he left, he would often write letters back to Timothy to ask Timothy how things were going, to give him encouragement and advice whenever things got tough. In this particular moment, 2 Timothy chapter number three, there is a lot of chaos happening in Ephesus, the city where Timothy is the pastor. It's a little bit like it is today. People are all fearful. It's a bit of an uproar in the city. They weren't really battling a virus like we are, but they had some pretty difficult things that they were up against. And so in this passage, 2 Timothy chapter three, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, hey, Timothy, when the world is crashing around you, when you are fearful and anxious and you're unsure of the way forward and you want to hear God's voice so that you know the steps that you should take and the ones that you shouldn't take so that you can have confidence and you can have peace in the middle of all the chaos, Timothy is going to be told by Paul that the place he's going to find it is in the scriptures. So let me read just a couple of verses for you. I'll start with verse 15. Paul, writing to this young man named Timothy, says, You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Now, we're going to go on and see what uh, the rest of what Paul has to say here. He's going to tell Timothy why the Bible is so helpful and so useful, especially in the middle of seasons where there's a, a lot of fear and chaos going on. But before we get there, I don't want want to brush right over the point that Paul just made. It's such an incredibly rich principle, and I believe that it'll help some of you who've always had a a love-hate or maybe just a hate-hate relationship with the Bible because you found it difficult to understand or, you know, you just didn't even know where to begin. What we see here in verse number 15, when Paul reminds Timothy that he learned the scriptures at a young age, is this principle. Nobody is born knowing the Bible. Do you know that? Do you realize that? Nobody is born knowing the Bible. It can be easy to think, well, understanding and appreciating the scripture, that's just an innate skill that some people must be born with. And you might think because anytime you've tried to read the scripture, it didn't make any sense and you didn't particularly enjoy your time in the word. You might think, well, I guess I just wasn't born with whatever skill it is that some people have that makes them really enjoy and understand the Bible. But Paul's point here to Timothy is that at some point, we all have to learn the scripture from scratch. We all start at the exact same place when it comes to the Bible. It's a little bit like this camera. Nobody is born knowing how to operate this thing. In fact, you've got to get it, 
read the manual, spend some time with it, get some things wrong before you start to get some things right. If we want to get even more basic than that, it's a little bit like learning your ABCs. Nobody is born knowing the alphabet. You have to be taught the alphabet. And the same thing is true about the Bible as well. Nobody is born knowing the scripture, but anybody can learn the scripture. I mean that. The first time I went to church, I was 16 or 17 years old, and I remember they had a a pew Bible. So there was a pew rack in front of me, and there was a Bible sitting in it, and I pulled it out, and I started flipping through it, and I didn't understand a single word of it. None of it made sense at all to me. I didn't know the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. I didn't know who this Luke guy was or why there was a book in the Bible named after him. I will tell you that I found out one day there was a book in the Bible that apparently was named after me. There's a book of Daniel, and I got so excited about that. I thought, oh man, this is exactly what I'm supposed to read because it's literally written to me, right? until I read it. And then I realized it was about some other guy named Daniel and it had nothing to do with me directly. I almost gave up on reading the Bible because I thought, like many of you, I just wasn't born with whatever knowledge or skill allows some people to read and understand the scripture and other people like me to just be lost the second they crack it open. But you know what? The more I read the Bible, I kept at it. I kept listening to my pastor preach. I kept trying to read despite the fact that, you know, it wasn't always the easiest thing in the world, I came to appreciate the scripture. And over time, I even came to understand it very, very well. I'm telling you, Paul's point here to Timothy, hey, remember back when you were a kid and you didn't know the scripture, but you came to learn how wonderful and valuable it is over time. That is good news for every single one of us because nobody's born knowing the Bible. Everybody has to start at ground zero and work their way up from there. So today, if you find yourself saying, but I don't know anything about the Bible. I really feel like I'm starting from square one. That's okay. In fact, every single person on the planet, they all have to stop or start rather at that exact same place. Now, what I'm hoping is that at the end of today's message, I'm going to give you some tools and maybe some tips that will help you to read the Bible and to get more out of it while you're reading it. Some things that will make the Bible more interesting, more understandable, and and hopefully more helpful to you. We're going to get there, but first I want to read the next two verses that Paul writes to Timothy. In verse number 16, Paul pens a very famous statement. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. All Scripture is inspired by God. So he tells Timothy, Hey, Timothy, I know life is crazy right now. It's hectic. The thing that you need to do is to go back into the Scripture. Give yourself over to the Bible. Read the verses. Read the books that are there. They'll give you confidence. They'll give you peace. They will give you exactly what you need. Why? Because all Scripture is inspired by God. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that word inspired, you might think that Paul Paul is saying, wow, the Bible is really inspiring, right? Like when I read it, I just feel so good and happy. I feel really pumped up. Like I could go out and charge the world and take over and conquer everything, right? No, that's not exactly what Paul means when he says all scripture is inspired. 
He doesn't simply mean that all scripture is inspiring, although certainly scriptures can be inspiring. What he means here is something a lot different, but a whole lot better. You see, Paul uses a Greek phrase that most literally translates into English, not as inspired, but as God breathed. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, the reason you should take the Bible seriously and the reason why you should turn to it, particularly when life seems crazy and like it's spinning out of control, is because every single scripture is theonoustos, or God breathed, that these are God's words that he has breathed out and spoken to humanity so that we could know him and know what his plans are for the world and for us. All scriptures are God breathed. Now, I told you that this series, Frequency, is all about helping you to hear God's voice each and every day. And what this verse tells us is that these are not just words on the page. They're not arbitrary, and they're not just helpful in some way. These are actually the words that God breathed out. They will help you to hear his voice. Now think about for a second what a voice even is. When we talk about a voice, what are we talking about? We are talking about the breath that is breathed out of the lungs. And when it passes the vocal cords, it is shaped in such a way so that sounds come out that allow another person to understand the speaker. Now, with that in mind, think about what uh, Paul says here about scripture. He says, all scripture is God breathed. It is God's words being spoken to us. They are his revelation of himself and his truth and his beauty and his wisdom for the world. This is literally God's word. These are God's words. This is a really important phrase and an important truth that when we hold the scripture in our hands, this is not just like some other book. It's not just like, you know, some self-help book. It's not like any other holy book. This book is special and it will see you through hard times because it is literally God's breathed out words for each and every one of us. So Paul says, hey, look, if life is crazy for you, Timothy, like it is for us here in Calgary, uh, he says, you need to turn to the scripture. You need to give it a hearing. You need to dive in and dig in because it will give you what you need. He goes on here after he tells us that all scripture is inspired by God. He says all scripture is useful to teach us what is true and to help us realize what is wrong. All scripture is inspired and he says all scripture is useful. When I say the Bible is useful, or when Paul says it anyway, I wonder how many of you just kind of roll your eyes. You're like, really? I don't know, man. I've tried to read the Bible before, and it never seemed particularly useful to me. If I were to ask you to rate the Bible on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being incredibly useful, can't live without it, and then 1 being, I don't think it's useful at all, I wonder what number you would give it if you were being honest. My guess is many of you would give it a low number maybe even only like a one or a two or a three, you don't think it's particularly useful at all. But if we were to talk to other people, 
They might say, oh, the Bible is a 10. The Bible is an 11. It's the most useful and helpful thing that I've ever found. How is it that some people can take the same book and rate it a 1, and other people can take the same book and rate it a 10? Have you ever considered or asked yourself, what are those people who rated a 10? What do they know that the ones don't know? Is it possible that the Bible actually is useful, that it's not as useless as you thought it was, but you simply haven't learned how to use it just yet? In the same way that some people might look at this camera and say, ah, it's useless to me, man. I don't know what to push and what to tweak and how to take those gorgeous photos. It's useless to me. In the hands of somebody who spent a lot of time with the manual and a lot of time in the field using it, this becomes an incredibly useful and powerful tool. The exact same thing is true of this book as well. If you will take the time to get to know it, to really dig in, to do the the work to grow in your knowledge of what the scripture says. I'm telling you, you will find it to be the most helpful and useful tool available to you in the world. I'm serious. Big things and small things, the Bible really is useful. If you're if you need help, if you're having challenges in your financial life, the Bible is useful in giving you wisdom uh, on how to spend your money. If you need help in your marriage or your dating life, you know, you're like, man, we are not getting along. There's a lot of friction and fighting. What do we do? The Bible is useful for helping you to know how God wants you to resolve that situation. If you've got a, a physical diagnosis or you're battling an emotional, uh, you know, heartbreak or need or something like that, the Bible is useful. If you're grieving because you just lost someone dear to you in your life, the Bible is useful. If you want to know God and have a relationship with him, the Bible is useful to help that make that a reality. Honestly, the Bible even speaks to this COVID-19 outbreak that we're in right now. The Bible is useful in this viral outbreak. You say, Dan, what are you even talking about? Did you know one of the verses in the book of James says this? Wash your hands, you sinners. Wash your hands, you sinners. That's an actual verse from the book of James. And that's exactly what our government has been telling us, isn't it? That if we would wash our hands, then we might really prevent the spread of the virus. I'm telling you guys, I know that was silly, but you know, I'm telling you guys, the Bible is useful in ways that you've never considered because you've never spent any real time with it. Paul says the scripture is useful. And he goes on and he gives Timothy two ways in which the scripture is useful. You, you might remember there that he said, all scripture is breathed by God. It is inspired by God. And it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. So these are the two ways. We realize what's true and we realize what's wrong. Recently, I heard somebody and they were talking to a Christian and they were talking about the Bible. And they said, you know, uh, this, this non-believer, this skeptic said, hey, look, the Bible, it is like this many thousands of year old book. Why do you base your life around this book that hasn't changed in millennia? The world has changed so much over the last several thousand years, and yet your Bible is exactly the same. The world has changed, and then this person said, maybe it's time for the Bible to change too. 
Can I tell you, the fact that the scripture is unchanging, the fact that it is exactly the same as it was 2,000, 3,000 years ago, is actually one of the best parts about the book. You see, we live in a world that is constantly changing. It is rapidly evolving. In some ways, it's changing for the better, and in other ways, it might be changing for the worse. Every time we wake up, there is a new crisis, there is a new perspective and worldview, there is a new, you know, meme that we're supposed to keep up with. Everything about the world is changing and every single day it seems like it's changing faster than the day before. With all of this change that's going on, it can be really hard to know like what is true and what is right. What is what should I found my entire life on? What should be like the basis for the way that I live in the world. It used to be that everybody agreed that there was a common truth, a common foundation, common values that we should all agree and and live from. And for the most part, that was actually, it came directly from the Bible. But today we live in a world in which all the things that we used to agree about, now nobody agrees about. The things that everybody used to say were true, now nobody thinks are true. And you know, the things that we used to say were right and good and more and beautiful, now, you know, we disagree. And so we live in this age in which everybody is defining truth and morality and beauty and goodness and all of that. We're all defining it for ourselves. But what we're finding out is that when everybody defines those things as they see fit, we get into a lot of conflict because our culture says these are the values that matter and this culture says no, 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 these are the values that matter and now suddenly we're at odds with each other and we don't even know who's right or how we decide who's right. There's so much change and instability in the world, I think that we need truth that doesn't change. Maybe we could put it like this. An ever-changing world needs the never-changing truth of God. An ever-changing world needs the never-changing truth of God. When everything is going topsy-turvy, when you're not sure you can count on anyone or anything, when literally walking out your front door would put your own health at risk, we can always come back to the steady, stable, deep, trustworthy, beautiful, worthwhile truth of the Bible. And it can anchor us. It can give us a firm foundation to weather any storms that come our way. I think the unchanging nature of the truth of the scripture is actually one of its greatest strengths. And it is one of the things that we need most desperately in the world today. So if you want more stability, if you want more peace, if you want to be grounded in something firm, then this is where you need to turn. So Paul says here, uh, hey, Timothy, if your life is going crazy, turn to the scripture. And you should turn to the scripture because all scripture is inspired by God. It is God's spoken word to humanity. And it's useful. It really is. Anybody can read it. Anybody can understand it. It will teach you what's right. It will help you to see what's wrong in the world. And then Paul finishes up this section by saying this, God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Paul says God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Can I tell you what that means? 
It means that time in God's Word is never wasted. Time in the Word is never wasted. Anytime you pick up the Scripture and you read, even if it's just a few verses at a time, even if you don't understand what those verses are saying, maybe you read them and you understand them and you don't like what they say. Can I tell you that is still helpful and useful time for you? It is not wasted. Time in the Word is never wasted, even when you don't understand, even when you don't see what it's accomplishing, even when you're struggling with the things that you read. We You've got to believe the, the words of the song Waymaker, that amazing song that we sing on Sunday mornings. Part of that song says, even when I don't see it, you're still working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And this is true when it comes to us and reading the scripture. Time in the Bible, you guys, it is never ever wasted. Trust that every time you read it, God is preparing you and equipping you to do what he puts you on earth to do. All right, now we're going to wrap up the message and I'm going to give you just a few very practical ways that you can kind of engage with the scripture and it'll be a lot more enjoyable. These things will help you to understand the Bible better and it will help you to get a lot more out of it when you read it than maybe you have up to this point. So the first tip that I can give you is to choose a readable translation. You need to choose a readable translation. There are hundreds of different translations of the Bible that are out there. Some of them are designed for very scholarly reading, so they stay close to the original languages. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. The New Testament was originally written in Greek. And so some of these translations, they stay very close to the grammar and the vocabulary of those other languages. But as you can imagine, when you do that, it kind of creates some awkward and weird phrasing in English that can be hard to understand. So if you're trying to approach the Bible for the very first time, and you're like, man, I've never been able to make sense out of this thing at all, one of the best things you you can do is to choose an easily readable or understandable translation. I'm a big fan of the New Living Translation. This is the Bible that I read and preach from every day and every single Sunday. These are the Bibles that we give away at Connect Church. If you don't have a Bible, even in the middle of this quarantine and outbreak, I want you to know that we can get you a copy of this particular version of the Bible. The reason I like it so much is because it is extremely readable and understandable, but it doesn't stray too far away from what the original manuscripts, the original languages of the Bible would have said. Now, if you you're like, Dan, I need something even more basic than that, then I would direct you towards a translation or a paraphrase of the Bible called the message. Now you say, Dan, what's the difference between a paraphrase and a translation? Well, a translation starts with the original languages and then translates into English. So it starts with the Hebrew and Greek and then it ends in English. But a paraphrase is different. A paraphrase starts with an English translation that someone else has already done and then they reword things to make it a little more understandable for modern English readers and speakers. So I might point you towards the message, a paraphrase of the Bible. I think that that can be a great way to start engaging with the scripture for the very first time. But maybe you say, Dan, no, I want as close to the original as I can get. I want to do a deep dive study. I want to know exactly what the original authors were saying and what they meant. Then I can point you towards more literal translations like the NIV, the ESV, or heck, even if you like the King James, man, roll with it. I don't even care, you guys. Just find a translation that you enjoy reading and then dive in. So tip number one, choose a readable translation. The second tip I can give you is to start smart. 
Or if I were to put it a little more plainly, start with the Gospels. If you're going to pick up and read the Bible for the very first time, or the first time in a long time, you, you have to know the Bible isn't written like every other book. Every other book, you start at page one, and then you go in order all the way through to the end. But the Bible is actually not a single book. It's a collection of 66 different books. And so you can jump in at many different places in the Bible and not be lost. If you're going to start reading the scripture seriously for the very first time, then I would actually advise you against starting in Genesis and then working your way through the Old Testament. Instead, I would say go to the book of Matthew. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, and it's the first of four books that we call Gospels. The Gospels tell us the story of everything that Jesus said and did, and of course, his death and resurrection. Those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell us the stories about Jesus. They're very easy to understand. They're all narrative and story-driven, and man, they tell us about our Lord and Savior Jesus. It's the best place to start. So if you want to start reading the Bible or start for the first time in a long time, then go to the book of Matthew, begin in chapter number one, and read, read, read until you get totally lost, and then give me a call. Choose a readable translation, and then start Start by reading the Gospels. Then I, I would say the third thing you need to do is perhaps to get a little bit of help. I told you a moment ago, nobody is born knowing the Bible. We all have to learn it at some point. And we live in a time in which there are a lot of resources to help you understand the Bible better. So one that I'm going to plug, maybe it's a little bit selfish, but every single Thursday night, I run an online connect group called Bible Basics. Basically, what we do is we're a part of a, a a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group. And every Thursday at 7 p.m., I go live in video in that group. And I answer people's questions about each book of the Bible. So we take one book of the Bible each week. Week one, we started with Genesis. Week two, we went to Exodus. And on across it went. Now we're in the book of Jeremiah. We're deep into the Old Testament talking about the prophets. And if you want to get a sense of the broad overview narrative of each and every book in the Bible, and if you want to ask questions about tricky or confusing or, or really passages that you don't like, this is a great chance to do it. So when somebody says, hey, why does the book of Leviticus tell us this, then I I give my answer in that group and it helps people to come to a better understanding of scripture. All you have to do if you want to join this group, it's free. It's open to absolutely anybody. Go to Facebook and in the search bar at the top, type in Bible Basics YYC. YYC, if you're not from Calgary, is the airport code for our city. So anyway, Bible Basics YYC and uh, you can request access to the group. I'll approve it and then we'll see you Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Now, if you're not able to join our Bible Basics group, there are still other resources for you. So you can go online to a website called thebibleproject.com. They are one of the best resources if you want to understand the scripture. They make these incredible animated videos. They're only eight minutes long, and each one either uh, addresses a theme or teaching in the Bible, or it talks about one of the books of the Bible itself. They have a companion app that I think would be worth downloading. It's called the, um, what, sorry, uh, the Read Scripture app. The Read Scripture app. If you download that, you get all of their animated videos. You get um, commentaries and explanations about different passages in the Bible. Plus, you get reading plans. So if you're like, ah, I want to read the Bible, but I don't even know where to go, they can point passages out to you every single week. It's right there on your phone. It's very convenient. Listen, you probably need some help to make sense out of the Bible. And there are plenty of free resources out there for you. And of course, 
I'm available. I'm glad to help you in any way, shape, or form I can. The last tip I'll give you is this. I think you should take advantage of the current situation we find ourselves in. Like, let's be real here, okay? These are wild times that we live in. Who would have ever thought that we would be locked in our houses for two weeks at a time? Who would have ever thought that people would be buying up toilet paper like it was the apocalypse? Who would have ever thought that we could get sick and, you know, it could threaten our economy, it could threaten our health? I mean, it's just wild the times that we live in. Over the next several weeks, you're probably going to get some extra time off of work, whether you want it or not, whether you're quarantined or you're just trying to hide out so you don't catch the virus. You're probably going to get time off of work. Your kids are most likely going to get time off of school. And during this extra time that we have, you can fill that time up, that free time. You can fill it up with Netflix and Disney Plus if you want to. There's really nothing wrong with that. I mean, let's be real. We're probably all going to be streaming Frozen 2 a lot in the next few weeks. But what if we took a, a portion of that time every single day and rather than watching the same Disney movie again and again, instead we spent even just 10 minutes in the scripture. Time in the word is never wasted. And so if you would use a little bit of this extra time that God seems to have given all of us, I believe you would discover how useful and helpful the Bible is. You might even discover peace and calm and wisdom when the world seems to be lacking all of that, I believe it would be so very good for your soul, especially in a time where we're not gathering face to face and you can't rely on a pastor to be there to teach you the word consistently. And you know, your kids are not going to be back in children's church and somebody going to be teaching them. At this moment, when God has caused all of this to happen for his own purposes, I think the best thing that we can do is to take advantage of the situation that we're in. It's entirely possible that God has given us all of this. He has caused us to slow down so that we can deepen our relationship with him. If you want to deepen your relationship with God, if you want to get on the right frequency and hear God's voice, I believe the very best way that you can do it is to dig in to the Bible. <music> 